0: You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Cheer. Cheer, cheer. That's right. yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports <laughs>
1: This is Scotty, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. It is National Letter of Intent Signing Day. Man, this used to be such a big deal in yeah. February. Now it's uh, not quite. You throw in December, you throw in the uh, transfer portal, and it kind of takes away from what used to be a huge day uh, in college football. But uh, team's still reloading. You'll hear from Kalani Sitake coming up here in about 35 minutes from right now. But joining us now, he is the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Blake Anderson. Coach, long time no talk to you. How you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Can't complain. All right. So it just doesn't feel like it has the same kind of uh, same kind of excitement as it did. Does it feel that way in the offices, or is it still a crazy day up there?
2: It's not quite as chaotic as it used to be. There's no doubt. I mean, we only signed three guys today, so most of the work has been going on, you know, much earlier in the process. Chaotic, crazy break during the holidays, and and the first signing class was was pure craziness. But this is this has been pretty quiet. And I think it's, it's for the most part, that way uh, around the country with the exception of some of the programs that changed head coaches and are, and are building staff. So I'm sure they were still battling and, and banging away at it pretty good today.
3: With the transfer portal and kids jumping into those portals, is it a different style of recruiting nowadays, Coach? Is it you have to work harder with those relationships and try to focus on commitments more and – like, well, what do you do to try to ensure that these guys are going to stay in your program, develop, and actually play for you in two or three years?
2: Well, recruiting never stops, that's for sure. I mean, it started for us before the season was over with just recruiting our roster to stay put. And, and, yeah, you've got to have great relationships with those guys, and they got to want to be there with you. Uh, it's, there's so many different people pulling at them to get them to leave, and there's agents involved in the process and people promising them, money to leave and some of it's real, some of it's not, but it's all it's all a distraction and, and it's all enticing. So it, it started for us just keeping this roster together and I'm you know, thankful we can say that, that we only lost one player out of the two deep. You know, this time last year we lost ten starters and and, and most of which on defense and, and, and that was you know, that was just you're in pure panic mode at that point. I mean, how do we rebuild that much experience? Uh, so it starts on your roster and then yeah, in the process of recruiting high school and junior college players, that process can take almost a year. I mean, we're starting right now on next year's high school class, predominantly quarterbacks, but we'll trickle through this entire spring, recruiting every position and building an offer list and uh, we'll make a ton of offers here in the state of Utah and hopefully hand you know, a handful of those guys will choose us between now and this time next year and and then you throw the portal in there, it, it happens so fast that you have to do so much work in such a short period of time. Guys go in the portal in December and they're on your campus almost a month later. Uh, some guys get in the portal in January and they're on your campus a week or two later, days in some cases. It's It has changed and it is crazy Uh, And so it makes today such a quiet experience compared to what we've been dealing with for the last few months.
1: So, Again, it's hard to talk about individual players because, you know, a lot of these guys you just don't know. We haven't seen film. We don't know what they bring to the table. But I always look at trends and look at efforts on, you know, in certain positions or sides of the ball. You add up your J.C. transfers and your four-year transfers. There's 24 of those guys. 17 are on the defensive side of the ball and a whole bunch on the D line as well. It's pretty easy to say that was a big point of emphasis for you guys.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just look at what we did defensively this year, and it's it's easy to see we had to make a ton of we had to make a ton of improvements physically. Uh, you know, I, I you know we we made changes off the field. We brought in staff, but but without putting the pieces on the field, it, it's just not going to work. And we had to be uh, aggressive at the defensive line position, both inside and on the edges. We need to create some size, some power, some competition, some depth. And and I feel like we attacked all those areas as best we could. And that is a really, really competitive place to recruit because everybody knows how important the defensive front is. And we weren't good enough a year ago. We just weren't. Uh, We weren't good enough the year before. And it had to change. And the best place to start is in recruiting. So we attacked it as best we could. I'm hoping it's going to pay huge dividends for us in the fall.
3: You've done a lot of work in the portal for the quarterback position as this class is now coming to a close. How confident do you feel with what you've put together in that QB room, Coach?
2: Yeah, I love the room. I love the fact that we're going to have a huge competition this spring and, and you know, guys are going to be made better. I don't, I don't know who's going to win the job. Uh, you know, Coop chose to come back knowing full well that we were going to bring in guys to compete with him. That's a position – that we didn't play well enough at last year. We need to get better. And, and Coop you know, is going to only be better by being tested by, by two guys that have tons of experience in and, and Spencer and in Bryson. Um, they've immediately brought in this maturity and, and, and work ethic, both on and off the field. They're in the building every day, watching tape, learning the offense. They work hard on the field. they both got big-time snaps under their belt. And Coop's going into his you know his fifth or sixth year and so he's got experience i would say we're going to have a heavyweight battle at that position this spring and whoever rises to the top is going to be made better because of it i mean competition makes everybody better and 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 it's it's one thing to practice it's a different thing to play but to create as much competition and as live of environments as we can is only going to make that position room better and Anxious and excited to see how it's going to turn out.
1: So down here in Salt Lake, obviously everybody took quick notice when you do sign Bryson Barnes out of the portal. What was it about him that you saw that you liked, and what do you feel like he brings to that room in terms of experience and, and his ability to uh, push for that starting job?
2: He's just a competitor, and you watch him play. and I, You know, I know that that, that um, he's tough, tough-minded guy, physical, he can make the big arm throws. Uh, clearly, he's got a great head on his shoulders. To be put in the big games and play in the big games that he did and perform the way that he did, I mean, it just tells you everything you need to know about him. He's uh, he's a guy that's that's got a lot of experience under his belt, and there's nothing like live game experiences in big situations. So I think he comes in with a tremendous amount of confidence, and I know he wanted he he was he was recruited to go a lot of places and ultimately didn't want to get too far away from home. I mean he's married and got a lot of family in the area and the opportunity to compete for the job here. He wasn't afraid of competition with both Coop and Spence. He was the last guy of the three to commit to being here. Both Cooper and Spencer had both decided to be here or stay and I think he made a decision to come, eyes wide open. Coach just give me an opportunity to compete and that's what we told him. It's been a great addition. There's so much maturity in that room between those three guys, and big game experience from all three. There's very few people that have a room that is has got that many snaps under their belt. Three veteran guys in the room, and even even McKay. When you consider how many games he played in this year as a true freshman, um, yeah, I don't know the data and the stats, but but I think there's very few quarterback rooms in Division One football that have that many starts and that many you know competitive snaps under their belt as, as we do.
1: I know McKay got banged up a lot during the course of the season. Uh how's his health and do you anticipate he'll be in the mix trying to compete for that starting job?
2: Well, I absolutely do think he'll be in the mix. He's healthy. Uh he got beat up. He got hit hard and and several times it was tough for him to get through and I I think he was shaken up pretty badly. He's he's been completely different coming back. He wants to compete for the job. He knows that uh, he's got a red shirt year to use if he needs to. And if we u- need to utilize that, we will. Uh, but but he also he wants to be in the conversation, and he's got all the skills to do so. We saw when he played uh, against Air Force, when he played against James Madison, before he got dinged up, y- you can see what he's capable of. Uh, so I, I absolutely expect him to, to fight like crazy to try to win the job. And luckily, you know, there's enough guys in that room that that on any given day, man, anybody could have a great day.
3: Coach, I'm admittedly biased, but I think that you got a lot better in your offensive line room. It looked like your portal was real successful in your offensive line room, and excited about Miley, excited about the other Anderson boy coming from Pitt. You feeling better about that offensive front that'll protect those quarterbacks that we were just talking
2: about? Well, I do. Those are two huge, you know, additions for us to get. Yeah, you, know, you don't you don't always just assume that that family's going to come home, but in in those two cases. Trey brings length on the edge. It's something we did, really needed, and he'll be able to factor in and compete at the tackle position day one. And, and George brings one—I don't know—one of the best athletes in the room uh, coming back from mm-hmm. Baylor. We we wanted so much to recruit him out of high school and just couldn't get in his top five. He was way too heavily recruited to get in that mix, and we kept relationships with him. DJ Tialavee does a phenomenal job in Salt Lake, and and having his brother here was—I think it it made the transition to us pretty easy for for him and the family. He brings a ton of potential to the table because he's so versatile. He can play inside or on the edge, both of which should factor in day one uh, of spring competing for starting jobs. At worst, they're in the position to be a, a heavy, significant role player. That makes us better. The other thing is almost everybody that played significant snaps are back. I mean, everybody's going to be a year better. That room is only going to improve. We've got a Jared Pele sign with us as well. He'll be with us in the summer. We think he's a super athletic guy. So I, and we've got two young, long, rangy 6'6", 330-plus pound you know, projects that that'll, we'll look up down the road. And, and I think we'll be really happy that we brought, brought both of them in here as well.
1: Blake Anderson, head coach of Utah State, joining us right here on 97.5, 5 the EKSL Sports Zone. I go back a couple of years ago. Man, I am getting old. I guess I am spacing his name. The uh, kid that you had at Ar- the linebacker you had at Arkansas State that was at Fresno that came with you to Utah State. Um, yeah, Justin Rice. Yeah, Justin Rice. Yeah, that's right. I can't believe I space that name. But he uh, he was a late signee right before fall. Do you leave a couple spots open just in case there is some guys after spring ball and summer that you can still bring in and add to this roster?
2: Well, you know, as of right now, we are we are full. Uh, we we attacked every position that we could uh, between, you know, Portal and J.C. and high school guys. And we've got 21 that are here now. We've got nine that will come to us in the summer. But as, I think, as we all know, uh, between injury, uh, a, a player or two that will end up retiring, we'll have some more attrition coming out of the spring. There's going to be some guys that – that just aren't playing as much as they'd like that'll move on. And, and and we were able to find almost everybody a place to land that left us. The you know, the only guy that transferred inside the two deep that's that's at the power five level was Devin Dye, all the other guys that left. And there was a there were a handful of guys that did transfer down to one double A and division two places to, to find more opportunities to play. And I would tell you, we'll have a few of those coming out of spring. There's another portal window in April at the end of spring ball. And there'll be a few guys that just see that the writing on the wall, I'm not gonna play a lot or I'm not gonna play at all. I need to move down to a lower level to get on the field. And when that happens it will free up some some spots for potential other needs. And between injury and attrition, there'll be another wave. And and so I can see us adding another few guys over the course of the summer. But I do think this is, you know, ninety five to ninety eight percent of the football team that that our fan base is going to see play next fall. And and we get 21 of them here now to go through spring and summer, which is huge.
3: Coach, would you say it's significantly more difficult for a high school recruit to find a division one scholarship nowadays?
2: I I think it has made it very difficult. It really has. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think we benefited from it with a couple of these guys that we signed today. I think both chemo Uh, at the offensive tackle spot and Herschel Turner at the running back spot. In in previous years, I I don't think either one of those guys is available to us this late in the process. I I think both of them have tremendous upside, but there is just so much else going on. And When you lose a guy in the portal that's playing snaps for you or is a role player, to go take a high school guy that's going to take several years before you have the ability to put him on the field, I mean that's a really dangerous proposition. And so when you're losing guys from your TD two deep or guys that you would expect to be on the field for you, it, you have to really think long and hard about whether to take a high school kid or or maybe a portal or JC kid. You know we we thought we needed to add as many bodies as possible that can impact our team this fall and give us the opportunity to elevate our roster and be more competitive next fall with an even tougher schedule coming up in front of us. So um, that's why we only took six high school kids. I hope that number's double that next year. But but each year is going to be different, and you're going to have to balance it. And it's clearly making it difficult on high school kids to find homes when people that have huge collectives and nil money to spend can go out and, and basically compete financially for an all-conference player or an all-American type player or an every-down, you know, free agent guy. And, and so it, is, it has made it really difficult.
1: You already had USC on the schedule. Thanks to the Pac-12 imploding, you add Washington State to the schedule. And then uh, it comes out that you get University of Utah as well on your schedule. So you got essentially three Pac-12 teams that you'll be playing next season, Utah coming to Logan, which is going to be awesome for, you know, fans. You know, Utah fans can drive up and see the game. Obviously, Cache Valley is going to be rocking. But you're going to be on that sideline going, oh, boy, we got Utah here. Uh, what, what, uh, what do you expect out of that game? And what were your thoughts when, uh, uh, when you found out that thing was going to be on the books?
2: Well, I, I've been beat up for this comment, but it's great for the fan base. It's a it's a brutal game for us. We know how good that program is, and and you know we're going to prepare to win that week, and and, and we're going to need to play our very best to do it. I love that they're coming to us, but man, that's a when you talk about a tough schedule, uh, and then you look at our conference and who we have to play in the league. You know, we talked all year about how tough this schedule was. Well, we just ratcheted it up another notch. And, and so we we're gonna have to play our very best. Um, you know we don't ever take on an opponent that we don't we don't have a plan to win, and we absolutely will. So if anybody's listening, understand this: we will prepare to win every week. But we're also understand just what that challenge is when you've got a USC, uh, a Utah who's you know won that league you know multiple times and top 25 team, and then Washington State had a great year, and I know they're not gonna be in the Pac-12 next year. But their roster has been, you know, been a Pac-12 roster for quite a while. I mean, we were fortunate to beat them a couple years ago, but they've improved in, in every area as well. So uh, it, it is going to be a huge challenge, and, and we're going to we're going to attack it in the best way we could. And the the best way to be competitive was by recruiting our tails off, and now we got to go develop the roster that we built.
3: You know, I do love, Coach, the fact that you were talking about some of the experiences and the big games of the quarterbacks you got in the room. And we were talking about bringing offensive linemen from Pitt and from Baylor. You've got transfers that don't look at this schedule. and They're like, oh, we got to go to USC. Oh, we got Utah coming in. These kids are familiar with these big games, these big teams. They they know what it's all about. They're not scared of that. That's actually got to be a bit of a bonus with bringing in some of these transfer kids that – have been around
2: these programs. No, no doubt. There's nobody in the building that's afraid of those games. Man, we just understand. We gotta. We we understand what it takes to win in them. And and I mean, everybody looks forward. Those guys know exactly who's on the schedule. They, they get excited about being able to play in, in those environments. And mm. I mean, there's our our locker room is ecstatic about Utah coming here. We just want to be realistic about what it's going to take to win in that environment, and, and we're going to go after it put a plan together and hopefully go out and play our best ball when it matters most and, and, and have a huge win. Um, but at the same time, when you look at that and then you add to it just how difficult our conference schedule is and then you take Nevada off the schedule and add Washington State, I mean, it all adds up. It's a it's a brutal gauntlet of a schedule that we're going to have to play our best all year. We're going to have to be healthy. We're going to have to get in better at a bunch of different positions. We're going to have to raise the bar defensively and, and put ourselves in a position to, to, to improve dramatically there offensively. We've got to take the next step and build on what we did this year. I mean, it's, it's a collective effort, but nobody in this locker room coaches all the way down. I mean, nobody's scared of the, of the challenge. We're excited about the challenge. We just know how difficult it's going to be and what it's going to
1: take to get it done. So uh, I, I'm putting you on the spot here, and if you if you're <laughs> okay. not, losing, you never
2: do that. By the way, yeah. <laughs>
1: first time in the history you, you miss. Hey, look, I miss these conversations. Uh, all right. So again, you can comment on what you can. I I don't know if there's things at play here, but uh, you do. You did revamp the coaching staff on that side of the ball. Can you go into details as to who's there and, and what that looks like now?
2: Yeah, yeah. We've got everybody intact, uh, with the exception of maybe a couple of young guys, you know, we, we were always, if you got good GAs and analysts, you're always going to get poached here or there. But uh, for the most part, we're, we're basically done there. Uh, we'll announce tonight. We've got an event tonight. I think most of the fan base already has a good idea. Uh, Nate Dreiling, uh is our defensive coordinator. He comes to us from New Mexico state. And Anybody that's paid attention to college football over the last couple of years has seen what he is capable of as a defensive coordinator, I mean, he took over there two years ago, and when when he took over as the DC, and um, and Jerry Kills took over as the head coach. Statistically speaking, I think they were dead last in the country in, in defense, and, and if they weren't dead last, they were pretty close. And over the course of a year and a half, he was able to take that defense, and they were able to take that program to a 10-win team, play for a title, and ranked in the top 50, and top 30, and top 25. In, in all the categories that matter, I think they led that league in defensive scoring, and and it's just obviously I felt like that he brings a ton of things to the table. If you can do that at a place like New Mexico State, then think about what you can do with just even better resources and and better bodies. And and so to me, watching somebody do more with less—just he had less resources, less opportunity there, tough schedule, and still. I think they held Auburn to 65 yards rushing. Uh, and you know good and well, physically, body for body, that they were outmatched. And so, and that's what I was looking for, somebody that would understand what we're up against, understand that we're not going out and getting the pick of the litter and five stars and four stars. We've got guys coming in here with a blue-collar mentality. He's a great teacher. Uh, he's extremely well thought of in the profession. He is young and energetic, uh, but he translates well with the players. And, and, and really comes from a great background. Was on the staff at Oregon uh, underneath Andy Avalos, uh, you know, in, in that defense. And then clearly he's done a great job at Pitt State and, and now now at New Mexico State. So he will be the defense coordinator. We've added a group around him, uh, guys. Several guys that he did work with at, at Oregon and, and Bobby McMillan, the coach linebackers, and Kwame uh, Ajuman coaching safeties and. Jalen Ortiz to coach corners. Those two guys were together at at Nevada. They were all together at Oregon. I thought Nevada's back end uh, was as technically sound as anybody we played all year. I remember talking about it that week as we were watching tape. And then Cedric Douglas will come in and be the defensive line coach and be the run game coordinator. He comes to us from University of Buffalo, but he was actually on my staff at at Arkansas State uh, earlier in his career as a young guy, and I thought he had a great future ahead of him. and I think he's going to be a great addition. Um, you never want to have uh, change if you don't have to, and I hated going through it, and, and everybody knows how close Joe Coffin and I were, and, and I hate having to make the changes that we made, but I also am super excited about where we're headed and what we're able to bring in and just where they're able to bring to the table.
1: Coach, we appreciate it. Um, I figured you weren't at the game, so I didn't send you any official info, info on officials for the game last night. I figured you were busy. Well,
2: I hate that I missed that one. I know it was a tough one for them. They'll get back on track.
1: Yeah, they I, I will. Absolutely. Coach, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. There you go. It's Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. I always send him uh, the list of who the officials are. Before a basketball game, because he wants to heckle them. Oh, really? He wants their names. <laughs> so yeah. Can get after him. He bit. wants the pictures and their <laughs> names. That's awesome.
3: Well, hopefully, they'll be up there on Saturday. I'd love to say hi to not
1: all right, two twenty-seven. Hands of Scotty. Live here at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Two thousand dollars up to two thousand dollars on your down payment. They will match it, so you're up to four grand on your down payment. They'll throw in an extra thousand dollars off the vehicle. So look, you're looking at five grand. You get to play with here. So come down and check them out. Great vehicles, price to move. Great savings. The forever warranty is always attached as well. Come on, you can't go wrong. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Kalani Satake coming up in just about 12 minutes from now.
0: This is, this is DJ and PK. Jason Cole, senior writer from 33rdteam.com. How much do you get caught up in legacy? Legacy does mean a lot. You start to talk about what
3: differentiates guys, why guys go in the Hall of Fame. This is the reason. This is why you say, okay, where does Andy Reid start to rank among the all-time coaches? Does he go from somewhere in the top 10 to does he start to sneak up into the top five? Patrick Mahomes, are we talking about he's in the top 10 or does he start sneaking up there with guys like, Brady and Montana, and you know, Manning, and all those guys. Mahomes, just based on what he's done so far, is probably a Hall of Famer. Reed is a Hall of Famer, but now we're talking about a different level
0: of it. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row, on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the jazz, Utes, cougars, and aggies? Yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olson and Scotty G on 975, the sports zone.
1: Hands and Scotty 975, the KSL Sports Zone, quick. Quick segment here as we get you ready for uh, Kalani Satake, who will join us coming up here in just a few minutes from now.
3: Well, if you're tuning in, and I know we're doing a lot of recruiting talk right now, but the Utah Jazz did execute a trade just before Scotty and I jumped on air. And the way Scotty and I have broken down and analyzed it, it's definitely the Utah Jazz selling. They're not buying. They didn't get better, but maybe their future got better. They're going to get a second-round pick that should go off somewhere around pick number 32. And remember, day two of the NBA draft is different now because they're splitting up the draft into two days. So that gives you a little bit more time to marinate, a little bit more time to think about it, a little bit more time to build some excitement. So I don't mind that 32 pick. I think that'll be pretty decent. You get the trade rights to another European player, and you're starting to see some of the film come out on that guy. Uh, and there are plenty of people that are saying he's going to be good at some point. And then you get Kevin Knox back in the trade.
1: Yep. Should be a fun one for sure. As, uh, as the jazz gets set for um, uh, the stretch run of the season, just a few games left before the all-star break. And then the uh, trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Get ready. We'll have all the coverage right here on the zone. All right, take a break. Come back. You'll hear from Kalani Sataki straight ahead, right here on the zone. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex.
1: Keep in mind that the Jazz have a a long view here. Yeah, Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck, Ryan Smith, they all have a long view here of trying to win a championship. And so they'll make trades and they'll do things that they believe helped them get there. And you have to throw sentiment out of the window. You can't fall in love with guys. This is a business, and you have to make business decisions. And Danny Ainge has a long career of doing that, being able to separate the business part of it from the personal part of it. And Colin Sexton is a guy that could be moved on Thursday, based on what I've seen with him playing, that the Jazz would want to keep him. But you never know what's out there. And he is his trade value probably has never been higher. If he is indeed on the trade block,
0: Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6 presented by G2G Bars on 975 the KSL Sports Zone
1: Hans Olsen Scott Gerard 975 the KSL Sports Zone it is national letter of intent signing day may not have the same juice and excitement as it had in years past uh transfer portal uh the december signing day may have uh, eroded a bit of it but it's still a big deal as byu retooling for the upcoming season and seasons beyond and joining us now he's the head coach of the cougars kalani satake kind enough to join us coach how are you hey coach what's going on guys how you doing i'm good do you ever get a chance to like when's your time where you can relax i mean with the portal is it really eliminated any time for you to just to be able to decompress as a coach
4: it's, it's made it a little bit uh, you know more difficult, but it's okay. I, I think this is, man, this is a dream job for me, so I, I love what I do. and <laughs> Our coaches love it. I mean, after today, we'll, we'll give our guys a, a little bit of a break, but most of them are going to be, you know, our new coaches are going to be uh, kind of solidifying their housing situation, move their families in, and then, uh, the, but the rest of it, the, the guys are going to be around a little bit more around the players and see their workouts, And because uh, we got spring ball right around the corner, so not a lot of time to to relax but we I think it's important that we give them a little bit of time just to uh, to just kind of, you know, relax a little bit before we get back on it again.
3: Well, Kalani, let's talk a little bit about this class because it's uh, highly touted, highly ranked and it has grabbed a lot of momentum. There was a couple of nice signings, edge rushers and some and a quarterback that was signed today and I'm excited about the class. Just kind of give us your overall preview of what you put together and kind of finalized today
4: yeah i i really like the group uh I, I think more than anything uh it's the recruiting battles we got into uh it was a lot of fun uh just recruiting some guys that the that, that, you know i think uh we're, we're difficult to recruit i mean that's, that's just part of the game and, and i think uh you know getting guys to understand what byu is all about I, I look at the 20 defensive players, the eight offensive players, and three special, special teams guys, uh, a lot of them are like, well, how come not so many, so much offense? Well, we have a lot of offensive guys coming uh, from missions, and we still have a, a little bit more room to add if we need to for the transfer portal, but we have some guys within that have developed really nicely on the offensive side. We brought some guys that, that uh, were <clears throat> in the transfer portal last year and then had their first year now. Returning production is going to be really nice, having guys that are a little bit more veteran. Another year in the system, understanding the concepts a little bit more, receivers understanding what Fessy wants, and everybody on the offensive side understanding what A-Rod wants altogether. And I think the key was just getting uh, athletes and players that can possibly see the field early. And a lot of these kids that we signed out of high school, I can see them uh, being on the field even as early as this fall.
1: So – Obviously, there's a lot of people that will immediately go to the quarterback position. Uh, Gary Bohannon officially in the books, and he's signed. What do you anticipate that he brings, and what does that competition look like uh, coming into the spring and fall with him?
4: Well, I think he brings uh, tons of experience. That's the number one thing that, that stands out is that he's won the Big 12 Conference and uh, as a quarterback at Baylor, and um, he's been in a lot of competition. He's also has uh, some adversity. He's gone through some... Some injuries and uh, didn't play, and so he's had to overcome that. And uh, you know, we we took that into account, had him work out, and and, and saw, just talked to everybody that that were, were involved with his rehab, and see that he's in a really good spot. And I think he's when when the game's taken away from you, it gives you a different perspective. And uh, I think he's in a, in a really good uh, in a really good mindset right now. And then he's just buy into our program, buy into what BYU's about, and then just to buy into to the offense. I think normally we, we talk about not wanting to do one-on-one duns. We did that with Keaton. Uh, Keaton, even though he was a veteran player, was still kind of new to the system. He's been around the air raid quite a bit. And so um, I, I think I give him a lot of credit for being able to take as much as he can understand the offense. It's a little bit different with Gary. He's been in this offense before. A lot of the vocabulary is very, very similar to what he had when he was with Grimes. And so um, there's not a lot of reteaching him. It's the stuff that he's very familiar with. That he knows really well, and that he's had success doing. And then his attitude coming in and just wanting to be compete. He's not promised anything, didn't demand demand anything. Just wanted a chance to compete. I think the competition will do really well for our team. You look at all these guys on this signing class; they're all going to compete for playing time and, and starting spots, and that's a good sign. I think there's. Uh some guys that we've developed well that are gonna compete and then there's guys that we're adding on the on the roster with us with the signing class to compete. And uh that that should make us a better program, should make us a better team. And now we have that uh, the competition as well in the quarterback room.
3: You know, just speaking of that quarterback room, I, I thought that well, I I guess I was thinking that you'd be pretty much done with a room that's got quite a few guys, but you're able to pick up Dylan Dunn out of Kansas. I was looking at some of his high school numbers. Nearly 4,000 passing yards last year, Scotty. 47 touchdowns, only four interceptions in his senior year of high school.
1: You, you ready for this? Yeah. And, and I know, Kalani, I know you, when you're around guys, you feel a little old. But when I saw that and I saw his dad, Mark Dunn, who played at Box Elder, yeah. uh, when I started in radio in the mid-'90s, I called some of Mark Dunn's games. At Box Elder High School. Oh, at high school? In high school. His dad, I call some of his high school games <laughs> coach. I feel sick to my stomach. But if he's anything like his old man, he's a heck of a player. Well, guys, it's official. We're all
4: old. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing that I do know about the, the quarterback position, and that is for the whole team, is that um, you need competition. And you need guys. You need able bodies. And was the, the style of football that's going on nowadays with quarterbacks being able to run the ball, at different levels, you know that 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 we need to be able to um, have guys that can move a little bit, and and you also have to have guys that can replace them just in case they get banged up, and so um, that's just that's just the way the game is nowadays. And uh, a, a crowded quarterback room is a good thing. I remember when there's a room with Zach Wilson, Beta Romney, and Jaron Holland in there competing, and uh, it worked out really nicely for for us and for them, and and uh, I think I think we've got to keep we kind of keep funneling. Uh, recruits and competition and giving them enough chance to say, "Hey we' play the best guys and when that happens, I think good things can the good thing will happen when you when you do when you provide the competition, and you stick to playing the best uh guys have to be on their toes they have to be ready for it. so when it, when you're a veteran returning player on this team and you see this class, you're probably like, okay I better I better be ready to go because these guys are going to come in and then you see the return missionaries that are coming in uh there, there's there's a lot of guys that can play, and so that's a good thing for us.
3: You know, Kalani, you coached and worked with some of the best pass rushers at the collegiate level in in the history of the game. When you were at the University of Utah, you'd worked with a lot of great edge rushers and, and guys that could get the one on one pressures and more than pressures, the the sacks. And I have people ask me, well, if if you could see BYU improve in one area outside of the quarterback room, I really just want to see really good one-on-one pass rushing, guys that can generate that rush off nice pass rushing moves, good speed, good strength, and and it feels like you guys really pushed to address that situation in this recruiting class. Would that be accurate?
4: Yes, and, and, and uh, I think scheme can only take you so far. Uh, really good pass rushers to make you look like a really good coach, and so that's, if you want to get improvement on running the ball, then you 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 go and get great running backs with great vision and guys that can block for them up front. Same thing with us; we gotta we have to add more talent. We have some really good guys up front, but it's not good enough. We we needed a loaded room. If I'm talking about the quarterbacks being loaded with talent, we need a loaded room, D line as well, and then uh, you have to get to the quarterback with a four man rush and in order to do that, unique guys can do it that, that have proven that they've done it in the past, that they have the capabilities of doing it. And, so, and it's not just the ends. It's the D-tackles that can win their one-on-ones as well. When you have four guys rushing, you have five guys blocking, they can double one, so the other three better win. You know what I mean? And yep. you can have the guy that's getting doubled win against a double team, Then you got something special, and that's what we're trying to provide here. And I think adding these D-tackles and these D-ends and these, these hybrids getting a guy like jack kelly from weaver to come here that has uh, this guy has um, a a ton of sacks already uh i think it's going to be huge for us but he can also drop and he can play linebacker he just he's not just a pass rusher so having him and all these other guys that 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 have done it and have shown film that they can do it that's going to be the key for us and that's i I think i think we just became a much better team just from this recruiting class already now we just got to put it together and get them in the right scheme and, and make sure that everyone's on the same page and, and away we go. Hmm.
1: I, I assume, you know, uh, high schoolers may be a little different, but most of these guys will be there for uh, – or probably already on campus for spring. And, uh, and uh, just how important is that for these guys to be there available in your weight program and then take part in spring ball?
4: Yeah, and, 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 and we brought in some, some new guys. Uh, we, we, we added more resources in the weight room and strength and, and, and conditioning. And uh, that's from a full staff, but also with sports scientists and, and uh, rehab directors. I mean, just a lot of things that go into it that we've made a, a conscious effort to improve there. Um, that, that, that's going to make a world of difference for our players, give them confidence uh, that they can get stronger and bigger and just kind of gauge where, where they're at. And then look at the deficiencies the that they're at and try to find ways to get them stronger on, on certain areas. And so, we feel good about where we're at. Feel good about the urgency that we have from our team to get better, especially after last year, which is not up to our standard. And we can improve in a lot of ways. And I, I think that this right here um, it helps us out quite a bit. But we still got a lot of work to go. I mean, I'm, we're not we're not arrived. We got to utilize all the time we have. I, I'm just glad that we have a good group that are here, a good a good nucleus of players are here currently, and and this uh, the culture that's going to drive this thing and, and getting us the success we need.
3: Kalani, talk a little bit about your two new hires, uh, your offensive line coach and your tight ends coach coming in, taking a look at the personnel, getting their first interactions, their first experiences there in Provo. Talk about the hiring process and talk about the guys that you've hired and and some of the earlier interactions.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've known T.J. Woods for a long time, and I've seen him and the way that he works. I've worked with him before. And I, I, he, there's there's guys that are starting in the NFL at every position that he's coached, so um, I know that he can do it. I know that he he teaches the same concepts and schemes that we want, but he's also going to get these guys to play nasty. I think we've got to have. We, we felt like the yellow line could be a, 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 a position of strength for us, and it just wasn't that. It wasn't enough. Um, you know, we're going to have guys. I mean, Kingsley's going to get drafted, and and we'll have guys on our team that are going to get drafted next year, but. Uh, they're not playing like it, and we didn't play like it on the offensive side, and, uh, and we needed to. We need to change, you know. And, and that was the same thing with the tight ends, being Kevin Gilbert, bringing him in to BYU has been huge for us. The guy's been in the NFL for over a decade, is specialized in tight end. The position itself has worked with some great ones, has a great reputation in, in football. I mean, he, he comes from great DNA. His dad's been in the NFL for decades as, as a, a well-known. Assistant coach and offensive coordinator, play caller. So, uh, just having those guys be a little bit more, uh, get a little bit more from our players and and, and those positions, those positions at O line and tight ends. There's nothing to say against the 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 people that 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 made change. They're all good people. There's great people all over here, all over BYU. It's just we need better production, and I need to see the the O line play with a, a different type of mindset than what we had. And uh, having TJ along has been huge for us, retaining those alignment, getting those guys back. I mean, we have, got, I think, four guys that started before, Braden Kine and, and Connor Pay and Wayne Lapuajo and, and Kent so um, I, I know there's some others that are in there that are competing for spots, but we feel really good about jo- Joe Brown is going to be an amazing player. This, this guy just got home for a mission, and he, he's going to impress some people And But looking at that and having um you know a coach like tj was be able to look after him and, and get on top of him and make sure that uh, there's there's not uh, a lot of room for error he, he he's gonna get them he'll love him, but he's they gotta play nasty and they gotta get get after it a little bit more
1: oh there's no doubt i i was around tj a little bit when he was at utah state and uh and if there's a guy who walks into a room you say that's an o-line coach and then you hear him talk, and you 're like that's definitely an o line <laughs> coach because <laughs> uh, that, that that guy is he is tough he 's aggressive, and uh, he 's going to make your guys tougher for sure i'm i'm a little biased because I, I I love that dude, and I think he'll be great for you for sure at that o line coaching position uh, coach before I, I know we got to wrap up here a little bit, but uh, just how difficult is it, and you don 't need to go into specifics, but uh, how difficult is it in this day and age in college football because Look, you have players that are excellent, that have done good work for you. And all of a sudden, I'm sure their phones are buzzing. And there's a lot of people, whether it's high school coaches or parents or whatever, that are saying, hey, uh, you know what? If you hit the portal, we can go get this and you can get this and this and this. Uh, How difficult is it to navigate uh, the world of college athletics right now and trying to not only get
4: players to BYU, but hold on to players at BYU? Well, that's that's part of the, the 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 game now. That's part of the job, is uh, making sure that you 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 retain the best players and that you, uh, you that your vision for them, they're in alignment with. And so I think, if it's just a money transaction, then 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 this is probably not the place. But we have to have something in place where where, you know, our guys are taken care of. But the focus can't be just on one thing. And so uh, we, we're going to focus on on teaching these young men when they recruit them when we recruit them about what BYU uh, is all about, how, how it's, a, it's a different place, but unique and in all great ways for them to thrive and that they can accomplish all their dreams, uh, whether it's on the field or off the field, uh, they, can, they can create a wonderful network of people, and that's what we're trying to sell to our, our, our recruits. When they get here, they see that it's, a, it's legit and that it's a, actually what we've been saying about in recruiting, they meet the wonderful people around here, and they feel the culture of the program, uh, they want to be part of it, and so I was. I'm glad that we were able to retain a good number of our players. I mean, spring ball is going to be a whole other thing when when the guys compete and guys want to play ball. I mean, we're going to have some attrition. That's part of the game, but I want to make sure that we retain the best players. And I'm glad that our coaches and, and, our, and our staff have been able to do that. And so, um, we, you know, we we'll look forward to to putting this together and, and having a much better year this year than last year.
3: Well, Kalani, your color analyst, might be trash, but he's not jumping in the portal. So that's.
4: <laughs> you leave him alone. He's done some great, he's done some great things, man. And he was a fantastic teammate. And I love him. So thank you, Hans. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you. Appreciate it so
1: much. All right, Thanks, coach. coach. There he is, Kalani Satake, head coach of BYU, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Um, No, that being said, with Hans Olsen.
3: No, no, that's, that's not going to happen. I had too much fun with that last year, but. I really wanted to see two things handled. I want to see the quarterback room get better, and I want to see the defensive ends get better at pass rush. Those two things. Spring ball is going to be important. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. I would say that some of the, the signings and the personnel, it it's not like it really floats my boat. But I'm going to get out there during spring and watch some of the deliveries and watch some of the timing and hopefully see one of these quarterbacks really surface as being the absolute leader
1: before we go to break. And uh, Jake's going to throw on a headset real quick as we're live here at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown, Kevin Weeks. He is a broadcast analyst for ESPN NHL network, uh, NHL.com TSN, uh, former NHL goalie. He's got 311,000 followers on Twitter. Okay. Okay. I don't know who this guy is, but apparently he's a big deal in the hockey world. He just sent out a tweet, and nobody hates the eyeball emoji more than me. I hate it. I think it's dumb. But he sent out eyeball emojis and a picture of the Salt Lake skyline, Salt Lake City skyline, and it's just hashtag hockey, hashtag NHL hockey. I don't know what it means, Mm. but I'm trying to find out. Let's just say that. So. There you go. Let that sit and marinate for a little bit. Well, I know Phoenix. Phoenix is, is, really is in a real bad spot. And there was word that there might be a decision on Phoenix pretty quick. Yeah. The Board of Governors had just had their meetings and were continuing to have meetings. So, yeah.
3: that might That might be what these eyeballs are about.
1: Yeah. All right. Tell you what, a lot of eyeball emojis down here checking out these vehicles, price to move. As Jake's hanging out with us, we're live here at Tim Dally Mazda, South Town. How you doing, man?
5: I'm doing good. I, th- I thought you were going to throw out the eyeball something there. I was just waiting yeah. to hear what it was.
1: <laughs> you know, here's the thing that, like, you want, so obviously when you buy a vehicle, you want, it, you want to buy it at a great deal. You want to be treated, right? You want your dollar and your time to be respected, and you do all of that. But then it's not like you kick him out the door and say, all right, you signed your paperwork, get the heck out of here like your service if something goes wrong with the vehicle if there's an accident you have connections to great people that can get cars fixed I mean there's there this is absolutely this is do. this is not just a one-stop shop where you sell and then you're done you want this to be a relationship where you continue to help and maintain and do everything else that needs to be done for a vehicle
5: yeah absolutely you know obviously we want to take it it's it's called from cradle to grave right from <laughs> we want to be able to, to take care of you from the very uh when you very first show up to look at a car all the way through the whole lifespan of that car and of you buying cars, right? Um, and if we can't do that, that's, sh- that's shame on us. So we want to show you that we can do that. We could take care of you through the whole life cycle of a vehicle and a life cycle of your buying processes that you're, you're doing for you and your family and everybody around you. You know, we're not interested in just selling you one car. We want to sell you lots of cars. And that's the only way that Uh, that we know how to do things, and that's by giving you a five-star experience. You know what I mean? And so we want to make sure that when you come here, we roll out the red carpet. We give you guys the best deal. We inform you about all the best options uh, so you can make an informative decision. And then we want to back it up for as long as you have that car.
1: So... Let's talk in the, in the, because you had some meetings, so I want to make sure I didn't screw things up here. Yep. Okay. Because this is what I've been saying all show. So if I did, you're, you okay. might yell at me here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. So somebody gets their tax refund or they've got two grand they need uh-huh. to put towards a vehicle. You're yep. going to match it. Yes. So that two grand, up to two grand, can be four grand, just Correct. like that. Then you're going to take $1,000 off the price of the vehicle. Correct. So you're looking at $5,000 people have to play with right Correct. now.
5: Correct. Plus, if you do 63 month 0%, that's going to save you seven, eight, nine thousand dollars over the course of loan and interest. Wow. I mean, you're talking $12,000, in savings? And you've got 0% on the 50s. And on the 30s. And on the 30s. Mm-hmm.
3: How long are you going to go with the $2,000 match?
5: Um, I'm going to go with that. Uh, it'll go through tax return season, so I'll go through
1: March for okay. sure. Awesome. Wow. Come in and get that done. Let's but
5: that go. extra 1000 that's through, that's, through, you know, that's through today through Friday.
1: Through Friday. I just want people to come on down and test drive one of these Mazdas. Because if it's not on the top of your mind, I just want you to give it a shot. Drive it around. Take it for a test drive. And I'm telling you, you're going to be impressed. These are great vehicles ready to go. Jake and his crew are the best. Trust me on that one. They're going to help you out every step of the way. Thanks, man.
5: Hey, thanks, guys. I
1: appreciate it. There you go. It is right here at Tim Daly, Mazda Southtown, 10785 South Auto Drive. Hans, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Fun show. Everything's available for you in podcast form. Uh, just search Hans and Scotty wherever you get your uh, podcasts, and you'll be good to go right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.